Welcome to this second teaching on our online Bible school. Today I'm going to talk about religion contra what Jesus came with. Much of what we are doing still in the churches today have more to do with religion than it had to do with Jesus' teaching and what Jesus came with. Today many Christians Sunday after Sunday dress up, go to a holy place, to a church, to do church activities. And you see that in other religions, people dress up and go to a special place to do special religious activities. But Jesus didn't come with that. He came to build a new body, you and me. We today who belong to Jesus, we are the temple. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. We are all priests and we are anointed by him. And he wants to be a part of that, our everyday life. And you're going to see that in this teaching. And I believe that this teaching is going to help you to set you free to come into the life we read in the book of Acts. God bless you. Yeah, hello again. It's good to be with you. This is the second teaching on our online Bible school, the Pioneer School. And I look really forward to be together with you again. Uh, last time I took you through some church history, as you can see behind me. And, um, and I got a really good response out of it. Many, many people have contacted me and said that it had been revelation for them. And it somehow had confirmed many of the things they had in their heart. But it was not easy for them to see exactly what was wrong. But the Holy Spirit had been dealing with them. And during the teaching last time, it was like, whoa, now I understand it. And this is often the response I get also for my book, The Last Reformation. Because when people read my book, many or listen to the teaching, many people have like, whoa, this is what I have in my heart. I've been asking the same question. I've been walking with that many years. And now suddenly I understand it. And, and, and this is the response. Why? Because this is God who's building. Jesus is building his church. So Jesus is already now working in so many people all over the world. And I believe we are standing in front of the last reformation. And, and we are soon going to see that this is going to explode all over the world. Because God has been working during the history as I told you last time. And he's still working, working today. And if you want to somehow help with this, then spread this word. Let the teaching out. Talk to people about the Pioneer School. Let many people join. And, and then let's see this happen right now. And let's see that um, people again start to get on fire and live the life we read in the Bible. Many people somehow is dying today inside the boxes, inside the churches. And if people ask me, Tom, why do you do this? Why do you want the reformation of the church? And I want it because Jesus wanted. I want it because this is Jesus' heart. 
And I also want it because Jesus has called us to make disciples. And I can see that this system, the way we do it now, is not effective in making disciples. Some people have been sitting in church many years, but still they don't know how to serve God. They don't know how to heal, they say, cast out demons, let people to Christ. And, and, and there are somehow many, because they don't serve inside the box, but they just sit and look other people do it. They are slowly dying because everybody of us is called to serve God. Everybody is us, us is called to get used by God. And if we just sit and listen and don't do anything, then the life is slowly coming out of us. And, and we need that reformation because so many people has one been on fire for God, but now they are dying spiritually and many have died already. And you know, to fall away, we talk about we should not fall away. But to fall away from God is not to leave the church. <laughs> to fall away from God is to leave the first love. So you can still continue in the church. You can still raise your hand. You can still do all the things you have done many years. But if the love for God is gone, the first love, the love for praying, the love for the word of God. If that is gone, then you have fallen away. And, and what I see that this teaching, what I'm doing now, we see so many people who have fallen away somehow. They come in a church, but they died spiritually. But when we somehow start to work with them, train them, the fire is coming again. Just before this teaching, I wrote with somebody on Facebook, a guy in Denmark. I have not met him personally, but I trained somebody. I took somebody out on the street and trained this person who trained somebody else who then trained him. And, and he, I got in contact with him because his life was totally changed. And his testimony is that he had been sitting in a church many, many, many years. Came on Wednesday, came on Sunday. He read his Bible like two times a year. But then suddenly a reformation started in him. Suddenly he saw that he could do something. He came out on the street. He learned to heal the sick. And it changed something inside of him. And now his, total, his life is totally changed. He's seen miracles every day now. And it's not only miracles out on the street. It changed his personal life with God. He just wrote to me that the last many, many, many years he have only cried a few times. Because he could not cry. It was when his mother or some family members died, he cried. But the last two weeks after he got started... He's like crying all the time. And he's crying while he's reading the Bible. He's just reading the Bible every day now. He's praying all the time now and he's crying. And people around him is in shock and he's now telling the testimony in the church. And he's going to take other people out on the street today. And tomorrow he's going to take the pastor with him out on the street. And somehow what happened with him changed the whole church, changed the whole Church, because suddenly the fire came inside the church and people saw that we can do something. People saw that we don't have to wait. We already have it. We just have to go out. This is his testimony. But the one who uh, 
trained him, who just got trained by a friend. Her testimony is the same. She said, I come in church many years, but was spirited dead. There was no more life. But suddenly she came out, she got trained, and she saw that Jesus could work. And now the last month she had led people to Christ. She had baptized people with the Holy Spirit. She had baptized people in water. And her life is also totally changed. And what I see there is both people tell me the same. That people around them now say, what is happening with you? Tell me, what is happening with you? And this is people who is not non-Christian people who get saved, where their non-Christian background ask them, what have happened with you? No, this is somehow Christians, Christian who have been sitting in the church many years, but where the other people around them in the church is asking, what is happening? I want this. And suddenly they see that, yeah, they have fallen away from the first love. Because the light is coming in and the darkness is going to go away. So what we see now is the testimony is spreading. Not only, we're not talking only, and this is amazing. We're not talking only like me. When I got saved from a non-Christian background, everybody around me like, what has happened with you? No, we are talking about people who's already coming in church and been there many years. But when their lives suddenly come, Maybe for the first time. This is so strong, so radical. So everybody around them is like, what is happening with you? <laughs> yeah. And this is what we are seeing now. Yeah. And, and I got a prophetic word some years ago that somebody saw like a big barrel where there was a lot of fire inside. But they came a lit over that fire and the fire slowly died out. But then I came away and I took it and suddenly the fire came up again. And I think it's a good picture of what God is doing. That when we change some of the things I'm saying here, you will see that the fire is going to come. It's going to start again. For example, the last teaching I tell you last time, for many of you, it has somehow created a new hunger for the Word of God. Because now you want to dig in the Word. You want to see what it's all about. Before, many of us like, oh, I knew what it was all about. But suddenly you, it created a new hunger. And this is what God is doing. So I'm so happy what what uh, what is happening. I'm so happy for the response and what God is doing. I also got some critical response. It's always like that because, again, people have different glasses. Like I told you last time. And, and if you listen to my teaching and really have big glasses on you, if you have these glasses, there was something, it's something you, you have to have problem with. If you have glasses like this to you through, there's other things you will have problem with. And there was like two things. Uh, there was somebody who wrote to me where they said I was unbiblical in my teaching last time. I just want to take that. The first thing was when I talk about church, that the first like church building came during this period, the Catholic church and during that period. And before that, in the book of Acts, they didn't have a church building. Somebody said to me that it was not true. I was unbiblical because in the book of Acts, they have the synagogue and, jo- and Paul went there to preach. What you have to understand when you read the book of Acts, the book of Acts is very much focused on the Jews because it was that time. So Paul, he went to the synagogue because this was the Jewish place. It didn't mean that when they went to other countries that was not Jewish, they built new synagogues. 
No, because it was not the teaching Jesus came with. So when Paul went to the synagogue, it was you cannot compare that with us going to a church building today. Also, you see that where did they bread the bread? Where did they have communion? They had that in the houses. Why did they not have communion in the synagogue? Because they could not do that. Because the synagogue was not the Christian fellowship. The synagogue was the Jewish fellowship, the old covenant. And there was not bread in the bread because it came with Jesus later. It came with Jesus and it was something belonged to the new covenant and was something they did in the houses. So when Paul was preaching in the synagogue, he did that, yes. But he did it because he wanted people to understand that Jesus was Christ and want people to repent. And sometimes they throw him out. Other times there was people who said, I believe you, I want to follow him. You And then they followed Christ and left the synagogue and went with him. So the synagogue is not the church. Also when they came together at the temple, around the temple, uh, some people say that it was a Christian gathering, a church. But the temple was where they proclaimed Jesus, where they preached, where they healed the sick, and also where they were together. But it was not like a church meeting where they bread the bread. It was like a marketplace today where the Christian is coming together, sharing Jesus and proclaiming the word of God, and people are getting healed and saved. So when we read the Bible, you have to somehow take the glasses off you to see what the word is saying. Another thing somebody said to me about infants baptism. They said that I was wrong because... because uh, they baptized infants in the Bible and came with some example where you read in the book of Acts how the whole household got baptized. I want to say that also one said to me that I said that the infant baptism started after this period, but he said that it started before, and this is right. About year 200, you saw that in the history, they said there was the first infant baptism. But what I say was, it got accepted like a doctrine later and became part of the church. So it was not because some of the things didn't start before Constantine, but there it got accepted like a doctrine. So some of the things also happened before Constantine period. But they did not baptize infants, babies, in the book of Acts. And I can show you that very fast. For example, when we take book of Acts chapter 16, you can read about the jailer and his household that everybody somehow got baptized. And people today often put something into the text to get it to fit with their doctrines. And then they put into the text that there is babies in that household. But we don't read that. So if I read the text in the book of Acts chapter 16, you can read that they say, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with any, everyone in your household. And then they shared the word for him and everyone who was living in the household. And we read later, that everyone in his house, household was immediately baptized. That everybody in this household got baptized don't mean that everyone got baptized. I want to say that in another way. Again, again, you read that every 
a big, big multitude came to Jesus and he healed everyone. Do that mean that everyone got healed? No. Or yes. It don't mean that every person who came got healed, but it means that every person who was sick got healed. And there is a difference there. So when you read the Bible that everybody came, a big multitude came and that all got healed, it don't mean that each of one who was there got healed, but each of one who had a need got healed. And the same here, when the whole household got baptized, it don't mean that everyone in that household, but everyone who had a need to get baptized got baptized. And babies don't have a need to get baptized. Um, and you can also, if you just take the glasses off you and read, continue, you can also read that the entire household rejoice because they all believe in Jesus. So we read that there is the word the entire household. If the entire household means infants, babies, then the entire household later would also means mean babies. And, the, and the Bible says that the entire household rejoice by coming to faith. When have you last seen a baby rejoice by coming to faith? When have you seen that? You have not seen that. So, so this is just an example. Often we think something is unbiblical. And there's people who's really smart and have a lot of doctrine and are very fast and say this is unbiblical. But this is because they put something into the text to get it to fit with their traditions. And this is just an example often. When we read the book of Acts, we forget that this was the Jewish place. And we take the Jewish synagogue and make it to something it is not. And when we read about the baptism, we put something extra into the text because we want it to fit with our traditions. And I believe somehow we need to make things more simple. We need to take the glasses off, just read the word. Read it as it says and believe it. And, and don't try to tra- uh, transform, uh, uh, trans- how do you say it? Don't try to change the word to get it to fit, fit to your theology. No, F- change your theology so it's going to fit with the word. So this is what we need. Simple faith, read the word, obey the word. And like the man I told you who was totally changed, totally on fire because he got kickstarted, he was out praying for sick people. This is so powerful, but it's so simple. Luke 10, 9, Jesus, go out, heal the sick, preach the gospel. This is so simple. This is, everybody can do it. It's so simple. So the word of God is simple. It's us who somehow make it difficult. Jesus didn't came with a religion where we need seven years of education to understand what he was saying. No, he came with a simple life. Children could understand. And often children have much easier with doing this than we are because we had a problem up here. We take a lot of things in and complicate it instead of do it simple. So uh, last time I took you, as I told you, through some church history. We have the book of Acts, Revival Christianity, as we read in the Bible. Jesus is the same today. But many things got changed during that period. 
And this is what we are building on today. The Luther Church many somehow look like the Catholic Church and everything today look like this. And we really, we really need to see a reformation because Jesus has commanded us to make disciples. Jesus has commanded us to train and equip people. And, and the way often we do church today is that people are not equipped. They are not trained. They are sitting and listening to somebody doing it. And, and we, we need to change that focus. And again, train and equip people. And we need to get Jesus out of the box and be part of our everyday life. And this is some of the things I'm going to share with you now. I want to start with telling a testimony, a testimony for my life. Uh, and, and the last years after I got changed in my uh, view of things, I started to see more testimonies like I'm going to tell you now. A testimony like the book of Acts. A testimony where, where you see like how Holy Spirit is guiding us, how people are getting safe and, and how Jesus really is the same today. And I will tell you testimony because it's going to somehow help me to share what I'm going to share. So I hope you're ready. Um, I don't know how long time. I, one, about one year ago, my, my father, he really met God and, and he got safe and I baptized my, my father. I came from a non-Christian background and and my father, when I got saved, he didn't want me to have anything to do with the church. But but now he's changed and, and I got the chance to baptize my own father and, and it was amazing. And then about one, a half year ago or something like that, I was home with my parents and, and we were sitting and we were talking about Jesus and talking about Israel. Because they had been at a meeting where there was somebody talking about Israel. And when we talked about Israel, I said to my father, Oh, I have always dreamed about going to Israel. Really. And, and to, to, to walk there and see the places. And, 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 and I said to my father, Oh, I, I, I want to go there and take my family with me. And then I said, Because I felt something. I said, And I believe God wants me to go there very soon. And it was suddenly, it came out of me because I felt like this is what God wanted me to do. But, but I didn't thought it was going to go so fast because just two days later, I got a phone call. I took the telephone and it was a woman from Jerusalem, Israel, who called me and said, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. Two days ago, you know, the same day I was at my parents' house saying that. Two days ago, when I went to bed, the Holy Spirit woke me up. And said to me, go in, write sign and wonders on YouTube. I did that. And suddenly you came up. I saw a video. I went to your website. And I saw this is different. There is something here. And I wrote down your telephone number. And now the Holy Spirit had been saying to me that I should call and invite you to come to Israel. Come to Jerusalem and live with us. And I was like... Okay, nice. And I said, I, I, just two days ago, I was with my parents' house and, and, and I've always like dreamed about and dreamed about coming there. So, so let's pray about it. And then the day after already, she wrote to me, Hi, Tom, I have just transferred 2,500 uh, euro to you so you can come with your whole family. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> and I didn't know this woman. I've just talked with her five minutes in the telephone and suddenly she sent 2,500 euro to me so I could come with the whole family. 
So this is like uh, how God is leading us. So like three months ago, I was in Israel, in Jerusalem. And I stayed with my family in, in their house for a week. And I was out seeing their places and praying. And, and it was really amazing to, to be there. And I was like, Jesus, what do you want me to do here? What do you want me to show? What do you want to show me here? And one time we were going and we were going to the Sea of Galilee. And, and we went down the place you read about in the Gospel of John chapter 21. There you read about how after Jesus rose again, he came to his disciples and was standing there and they were out fishing. And he said that they should cast the net on the other side and they got a lot of fish and they came in and, and when they saw it was Jesus and, and Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? And we were there at that place and I was standing looking and seeing where Jesus have some, they said Jesus have made the fish and they have been together and, and it was amazing to be there. And now they have been like a big Catholic church there, but they didn't have that at Jesus time. And, and often it was the hard thing being in, in Israel. It was because every place somehow things have happened many years ago. Now there is a big, big Catholic church or Lutheran church. And somehow it kills, it, it destroys the simple life we read. It destroys what Jesus came with. But we were there, and when we walked up around the Catholic church with the sea, there was a woman in a wheelchair, and the one who was with me, she went to her, and I came there. And this woman was from Brazil. And I didn't understand exactly what was wrong with her, but just that she had destroyed her knees or something, and she was not able to walk. And, and she said, the woman who was with me, can you pray? And, and I just put the hands and pray for her. And suddenly a lot of things happened. Because she like jumped off of the wheelchair. She was walking around. Oh, and she was shouting and sp- shouting in tongues, I think it was. Oh, she loved it and saying a lot of things I didn't understand. And suddenly a lot of people came from the sea up. There was a whole group there. There was some people from China who were taking pictures. And she was walking around. The wheelchair was empty. And she was shouting and shouting. And and then from the Catholic Church, there came a priest out. And like big crying, big crying. And he was standing in his big beautiful garments. and, And everything, the whole picture was so amazing what happened. And I saw later there was a sign like be quiet and it, the sign be quiet was standing on like three different languages. But she didn't care. She was just so happy and crying and this man be quiet, be quiet. And, and suddenly the rest of the group came up and somebody could, uh, she was from Brazil, so somebody could translate what she was saying. And, and she said, she's shouting, no more pain, no more pain. I can walk, I can walk. Then one more came, can you pray for me? And I prayed for him, he got he One more for the group, he came with a cane. Can you pray for me? I prayed for him, he got healed. One more came and said, I'm the pastor, I invite you to Brazil. One more came and said, can you pray for me? I want what you have. And often, I, I, I don't believe in like giving, I believe in praying for people to receive the Holy Spirit, but not the anointing like we do in church today. I'm going to explain that later. But I just lay my hands on him. And I didn't know what happened. But God came over him. I think he maybe got set free. He fell to the floor into the stones. And he was laying there on the stones in front of the Catholic Church. 
and to be there, it was so amazing. And suddenly everybody was looking at me and everybody was like, somebody was taking picture. And suddenly I have like, oh, I, I have to go now. It was too much, too much focus on me. So, so I went and, and, and I was like, I was so shocked. I, and I have it on video. I have a video on my website, The Last Reformation. You can, it, the, the video is Miracles in Israel. And there you can see I'm taking my video and, and I'm so shocked what just happened. And, and it was so strong to experience that setting. The same place Jesus had walked. The miracles. The same place. And now Jesus had the problem with the Pharisees. And now we had the big Catholic church where the priest came out. Be quiet. He was more interesting in that we are making noise than this woman have met God and have got healed. And it was really strong experience for me. And afterward, I went to the place where Jesus had lived. And on the video, I say, look, this is his hometown. This is where Jesus had lived. Now he's not walking here on earth and suddenly, yes, he is. Of course, sorry. Jesus is walking here on earth. I am his body. You are his body. So Jesus is still healing people in Israel today. He's now healing people all over the world. Why? Because he has not changed. We are his body. This is the normal Christian life. And later, the last day I was there, we saw a lot of things happen, other things happen also. And the last day I was on the mount, the temple mount, where the temple had been. Of course, the, the Israel, uh, Jerusalem had been destroyed many times, so, so it was not exactly those stones, but it was the place the temple had been. And I was standing there on the temple mount, where we now had two different mosques. And I was standing there and looking and like right here, right here, right here, the holies of the holies have been. Here the temple have been. And then it just came so strong to me because only, but now the temple is not there. But it is because I'm standing here. And because I'm standing here, the temple is here. Because I am the temple. The Holy Spirit is here because the Holy Spirit is inside of me. And this is some of the things I want to share for you now. The revelation of we are the temple. The revelation of we are the body. The revelation of the Holy Spirit is inside of us. We are the, we are the body of Christ. And that mindset, that understanding is going to set so many people free when they first start to understand that. But somehow, during our, during our religious classes, during our way to do meetings, many people have heard that the temple is not something you go to, you are the body. But they don't understand it. They don't see it. They don't see it. So I want to like show you what Jesus came with. And I want to also provoke you as I did last, last time. I hope you're ready for that. 
First, I want to show you what is the normal view of the different words like church and things. And of course, there's always people who who understand, who think different. But this is the normal view. When I say church, I want to say that this video and the other videos I make on this website or on this teaching is in high definition. So you can go and turn the quality up to high definition and you can see all the texts I have on this paper. So I just want to let you know that. Church. What is church? For many people think church, the temple, is a place you conduct religious activities, worship, so on. And this is the normal mindset. If you said church to people, the first thing that came come to people's mind is some building you go to to do religious activities. But this is so far away from the understanding the first disciple had. Church had nothing to do with a holy place. Jesus came to destroy that mindset. He came to destroy that because he wanted to build a body. He wanted to build a body. The temple is not there now because the temple is here. We are the temple of God. But And we know that somehow in the mindset. But during our religious activities, during the way we do church today, we create another mindset. Because... We don't only learn by what we hear. We learn by what we see. So you can come in a church many years and you can hear once a while and once again, 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 that church is not this place. Church is, is you. But we show by our life that we have not understand it. For example, I know many people where they have been together with some friends. They have sat at home, talked about Jesus, shared testimonies, and have got a lot of good out of it. But if I, they, they will not say that what they had there was church. No, they will say, no, we are just together. We, we, we had a fellowship, but, but we are not church. But it was church. It was as much church like the rest is church. Because church is not a place you go. It's something you are. When I then talk about priest. When I say priest to somebody. Most people think that a priest is somebody who have an education. A special calling. And priest is those who came. And those who can baptize and share communion and somehow stand between us and God. And that mindset is so opposite what Jesus came with. And today we have built a, we have been on a foundation that is so opposite Jesus' words. If you see in the Bible, then you see that there was a high priest and it was Jesus Christ. And when they use the word priest, it, it, it relates to the body of Christ, the priesthood of Christ. We are all priests. But during the Catholic Church, 
that somehow there came a middleman between God and people. So somehow there was only a few select people who was priests, and they have a special uh, anointing, but they were like those who could baptize. They could share communion, and they somehow stand between God and people. During the Reformation, Luther, he came with somehow the priesthood of all believers. That means that we don't need a priest between us and God. We have Jesus Christ. So he changed that so we don't need a priest between us and God. But he didn't change this so we don't need a priest like this way. So we don't need a priest between us and God. We can now have relationship to God. But he didn't change it that we were all priests. That we can all baptize. And that mindset is still laying in people. I remember, it's not so long time, there was a woman who called me. And she said, I have a son. who, And I know the son very good. He met God uh, through some meetings we had. My, my son, he's 19 years old and he's totally on fire now. He wants to get baptized. Can I baptize him? And I said, yes, you can. Yeah, yeah, I know I can, but, but Tom, can, can I baptize him? And I said, yes, you can. Jesus have commanded you to go out, make disciples, baptize him. See, he have commanded you to do it. Yeah, but, but Tom, you know, I'm, I'm not like a priest, but no, we are all priests. You can do it. Yeah, but, and I said, you can do it. But she didn't do it. Why? Because her glasses. Because the way she somehow, what she came into, somehow created a mindset that there was people who were special, anointed, special, called, who could do that. And us lay people cannot do it. And Jesus hated that teaching. I believe when he, he went against that, he washed the disciples' feet. He wanted to show us that we are all brothers. We are all priests with one high priest, Jesus Christ. And everybody can baptize. Everybody can do it, do ministry. There is no, nothing in the kingdom of God with people who are special called for ministry and people who are not. And that mindset somehow limits the growth. So the growth today is limited to Church to meeting to a priest. So when people today want to receive Jesus, because we have not made disciples and trained them, we think, okay, let's take you to those people who can do it. And I also had that mindset. I remember first time I should cast a demon out. Uh, we had a, we started to somehow understand that Jesus wants to be a part of our everyday life. So we have a gathering in our house. And suddenly there was a woman who fell down and was ah and shaking and shouting something in English with a big man voice. And I've never tried that before. So I was like, whoa, a demon, a demon. And she was shouting. And what she was shouting was, go to hell. And when she was shouting that, I was like, my first thought was, oh, I need a priest. Why did I thought that? I had the Holy Spirit inside of me. I was a priest. I didn't have the education, but God had called me as a priest. I was ordained, not by a system, but by God. Because when I got saved, I got called, I got ordained, I got a, became a priest, and I received the Holy Spirit. So I had everything. But because of my mindset, when that happened, I thought I need a priest. No, I don't need a priest, I just need to learn. 
by doing it. So I went to her like, because there was no priest. And we can be happy for that today. There was nobody else than me. So I was somehow pushed out of it, in it. So I'm like, where's the priest? Oh, there's only me. Okay. <laughs> who are you? And she said, go to hell. And I was like, uh, who are you? Go to hell. And I became so angry. So I thought, no, you can go to hell. And, and seek us free in the name of Jesus. Yes. So, so I saw that, whoa, it is working. Whoa, I have it already. And this is somehow in the church. In many churches today, you need to be ordained to do ministry. But in the book of Acts, they were not ordained. They were called by not, yes, I believe in a calling, but not a calling that was only to a few select people. A calling from a min, for an organization. No, we have a calling from God. Each of us, we are all called to do ministry. But somehow, many people think today, if I need to do ministry, I need to somehow build up, I need to take the right education, and then they're finished, and then they have the glasses on them, and then I need to somehow do ministry inside that box. But Jesus didn't come with the box. He wants to be part of our everyday life. He wants to be part of everyday life. The next thing I can say, like worship service. This is, when you talk about worship service, in our mind say something on Sunday, a special place, a special time where select people do special things that order cannot do. So we think worship is a special time, special place where special people do special things that you and me, can, other people cannot do. And this is so much in our mindset. So we go to meeting and we have our worship. And we expect somehow God to work there and this is good. But what about Monday? What about Tuesday? What about Wednesday? What about everyday life with Jesus? We don't expect that. When we are together, we don't expect that. I was down sending a, a book yesterday. I was sending some books out. And in front of me at the post office, there was standing a boy and hey, I know him. Because like two months ago, I took him out on the street and I was together with him uh, a, a few days and trained him and he was with me and people got baptized and, and saved and he saw that. And he was a Christian who got saved in another town and had moved here and he come in another church. But I met him yesterday, so I like, hey, let's take some coffee. So we sat down, took some coffee. And what did we do there? We had church. We talked about Jesus. We dis- I discipled him. We heard testimony. He-, he gave me something back. And I was totally high after I've been talking with him one hour. And, and, you know, and I could see his life have got totally changed the last month by meeting me and what we did. And he thanked me so much. And he said, this has changed everything. Thank you because you want to make disciples. Thank you because what you gave to me. And for me, in many years, I didn't make disciple everyday life because my mindset was disciple people was something you have to be ordained to do somehow. You have to be a priest, have to be Sunday, and you have to be to a meeting. And somehow we limit God so much in that mindset. And now I understand that 
Discipleship is part of life. Always, when you're together with people, you talk about Jesus, you disciple them, you train them. And this guy, he's not coming in my church, he's coming in another fellowship. But what happened with him has now started to influence the whole fellowship he's coming. So we are called to disciple people. And our focus has so much been church instead of just making disciples. And this is our everyday life. But during the history, church became something it was not. And worship became something it was not. And also the Holy Spirit. I can take that now. The Holy Spirit. When I talked about the Holy Spirit, the anointing. Many people think that this is from, for a few select people in special times. And, and they have sometimes that from the Old Testament. We have the temple and the priest was coming in and, and, and the prophet in the Old Testament, they were anointed by God or anointed by a prophet. And today in, in some church denomination, we have a lot of anointing meetings where people come to get rid anointed. And there was my church, church background. When I got saved, I went from one meeting to another, one conference to another. Why? Because I want the man of God to lay the hands on me so I could get the anointing. And I can see that that mindset have destroyed that church and that church denomination somehow. Because now we have a lot of people who's going from conference to conference, from meeting to meeting to receive something they already have. If they are saved, if you are saved, if you are filled up, baptized with the Holy Spirit, you have the anointing. Because in the New Testament, when it talks about the anointing, it refers to the Holy Spirit. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, you got the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. So you don't need a new anointing because there is no new anointing. So each time you read in the book of Acts or in the letters that talk about laying the hands on people. I believe in laying on hands and praying for people to receive the Holy Spirit. But this is only something you do one time. Then you have it. And to get filled by the Spirit is not something you knew you received outside. It was from your innermost being is going to run out. When? When you're giving. When you give what you already have, then you're going to receive. Give and it will be given to you. It's not about money, it's about life. Can you see it? So somehow we have mindset today where people think church is a building, priests especially select people, worship have to do have to have on Sunday at a meeting in a special order, and the Holy Spirit is for a few select people and it's always not me. So people somehow continue their religious activities. They go to the church to do religious activities to the Sunday meeting. They're sitting to hear the priest who do all the things. And the Holy Spirit, yes, they, we go to the meeting Sunday after morning, Sunday, get somebody to pray for us because someday we hope we receive something so we can go out and serve God. I see a lot of fruits of what we are doing with training people. And we have a lot of testimonies with the people we work with uh, what people are getting safe and healed and set free from demons like everyday life. We never talk about anointing here. We never use that word. We never talk about gift. No. We just do it. We just live it. Because you have all the gift 
through Jesus Christ. You have it all. All the gift is there. <laughs> okay. There's somebody who say, maybe say, yeah, but it's not everybody who has the gift of healing. No, but you don't need the gift of healing to heal the sick. What? You don't need the gift. Let me explain. Is it everybody who's an evangelist? No. But can everybody evangelize? Yes. Is it everybody who's a prophet? No. Can everybody prophesy? Yes. Is it everybody who has the gift of healing? No. But can everybody heal the sick? Yes. How do that work? If you read in Ephesians 4.11, God talks about gift he has put in the church. Gift that is to equip the same to do the ministry. So you don't need the gift of healing to heal the sick. These signs follow those who believe. Are you born again? You believe? Then go out and act on the word of God. But if you continue doing this a lot, and then start to somehow equip order to do it, then it becomes a gift. Then it's a gift. So it's not like if you heal a sick, oh, now you have a gift. No. Everybody can do it. So I use somehow the gift God has given me. By what? By training and equipping other people to do it. And this is I do with my words. It's not and with my deeds like come and follow me and I show people to do it and they just continue to do it. It's not like I lay my hands on them and they receive something I have. I have people contact me. Tom, I want to receive what you have. And you can get the Holy Spirit. I can pray for you. You can get free from demons. I can pray for you. You can get healed. I can pray for you. But, but if you had the Holy Spirit already, there is nothing more. You just have to live it out. Because it is so opposite mindset. Like my friend Don from the last Reformation USA, um, he contacted me. He saw my video and it was him who invited me there. And, and he, I, I remember in the beginning when he contacted me, he said like, Tom, come here. I need you to kickstart me. I need to get equipped by you. I want you to take me out on the street. And I said, okay, but, but you can do it. And then later he wrote to me, Tom, I want to wait because I want to make a video where you do it. You train me. So, so I'm waiting for you. But then some days later he wrote again, oh, Tom, I could not wait anymore. So I went out yesterday and people got healed and I took another po- person with me and trained her. And now she's doing the same. He could not wait anymore. He don't have to wait. Because when I came there, I didn't came there to lay my hands on him, to give him a new anointing. No. I came to somehow just help him, disciple him, train him, show him what we already have. So when you see this video, if you somehow think, oh, I'm waiting for a new anointing, I'm waiting for something new, new, you don't need to do that. You don't need to wait till I get the teaching of healing the sick before you do it. Read the book of Acts, read Jesus' word, go and do it. Simple, read it, act on it. Read it, act on it. And when, when we change this mindset, often all the religious mindset is changed and then we start to live the everyday life. Yes, you can go to a church on Sunday. Yes, there, there can somehow be a priest. Yes, you can have a service. Yes, you can do those things. But, don't limit it 
to those things. Don't limit to that there is only one priest. Don't limit to that it have to be there. Because if you read it in the book of Acts, how much in the book of Acts is happening in a church meeting? No, you see a life, everyday life. Life with Jesus, everyday life. And many people don't experience that life because in their mindset, church is a place, priest is some for somebody few. Worship meeting have to happen there and the Holy Spirit, I have not enough of it. This thing I have here, I call it somehow religion. This is religion. This is not what Jesus came with. This is not part of Jesus' words. Jesus came not to build a new religion. Jesus came to build a kingdom. A kingdom that is very different than all other religions. But if you look at what we are doing in the body of Christ in the churches, often there is not so much different than a church meeting or mosque. They come together, they have the big building, they do the things. But Jesus came with something that was somehow totally different. He wanted to be the head of the body. He wanted a body to work. It was not somehow membership. It was a living body. It was love. It was family. And not just members. So what did Jesus came with when we talk about church? He came to build a new church. I just want to read some places from the Bible. 1 Corinthians 3. Paul is saying, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and the Holy Spirit dwell in you? This is the way Paul is saying, Do you not know? Don't you know that you are the temple of God and the Holy Spirit is in you? Later in the same uh, uh, letter, in uh, chapter 6, he's saying that, Know that you body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So he's saying the same again again. Don't you know that your body is the temple? You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I am, am the temple. I am God's temple. I am the church. It was what Jesus came with. I am the temple. I am the church. When Jesus talked about priests, today we have, if I ask people, okay, where in the Bible do you read about priests? Many think Ephesians 4.11, God had given some apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teachers. And the word shepherd is the word that I have for our pastors. Shepherd, we have shepherd in every church today. The only word place in the Bible you find that word shepherd is in Ephesians 4.11. This is the only place. No, you find it three other places, but every time it refers to Jesus, he's the shepherd. The only place you find the word shepherd where not referred to Jesus is in Ephesians 4.11. And out of that small word, we build a whole church today out of that one word. And in the context, you don't read what the, you don't read how the things is working. Like I said before, 
as an evangelist. Often in many churches, fellowship, they think evangelist is those who go and evangelize. No. Those is evangelize is disciples. Evangelist is somebody you read in Ephesians 4.11 who equipped the saint to go and evangelize. But in our mindset, when we hear the word, we immediately read with the classes and we think shepherd is a priest who have a church, who is, is, have a, who is ordained, who is, have a education, who have a special calling, who do those things. No. When you read in the Bible, we are shepherds. We are all priests. There is leaders in the Bible also, like bishop and overseer is the same word. But again, it was very different at that time. And in my book, The Last Five Minutes, I'm going to go more through that also. But I want to say that we need to change our mindset. We need to come back to the priesthood of all believers. Because everybody is called to serve. And if we want to see a fruit and want to see the church is growing, we need to understand that everybody is priest. Everybody can baptize. Everybody can do communing. Everybody can do those things. There is nothing in the church with lay people and ministries. There is, of course, leaders who we have to respect also. But leaders is not standing in front of or over us. And leaders have not more authority in the kingdom than we have. No, they're staying together with us to somehow help us and to show us the way. So Jesus came with this. I am a priest. I am called and I can baptize and do everything the Bible says. This is what Jesus came with. What about the Holy Spirit? What Jesus came with, that the Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, live in me. We all have the same Holy Spirit, the same anointing. I remember I had a meeting in, in Poland. And, and I, I have really gone, tried to go, on, go so much through this in Poland. I travel in Poland a lot. And it's so, in their mindset, it kills the church. And it do all over the place. But I had a meeting in Poland. And there was a young girl who got saved. And she got baptized by the Holy Spirit. And then there was a man I prayed for. Who was fall down and a demon manifest. And he was going to get set free from a demon. So I took the girl who had just got saved. And said come with me. This is a demon. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Now you just sit there. And you talk to that. And command that to leave. Can you do that? And I did that. And then I continued praying for people. And I saw one of the elders in the church. He went to the, her, said something, so she stand up and sat down again. And I became so angry when I saw that. So I went to her again. Hey, you are with me. It's my meeting. You go and do that. And she sat down again. And one more time this man came, said something, and she sat down. So I went to him and said, what is happening here? And he said, yeah, but this is a demon. And I said, yes. Yeah, but she's new. And I said, yes. She had, she had never tried that before. And I said, yes. But she has the same Holy Spirit like you and me. And she's never going to try it if we don't let her start. And now is a good time to start. And this is my meeting. And I became so angry. Because somehow... He is hindering her in learning, in growing, 
Because he's traditional mindset. So I said, this is my meeting, and I, I will talk with the pastor afterward. So I told her again, now you pray, command the demon to go. The next one I prayed for was a woman who came down, and she said to me, Oh, can you pray for me? Many years ago, 20 years ago, I lost something. When I got saved, I was on fire. I was talking about God. I was praying for people. But then a priest in a church, a leader in a church, came to me and said that you cannot do that because you are a woman. And his word somehow killed me. And since that, the fire has gone. And I like, and I've met that again, again, again. We have so much. We put somehow leaders in a pedestal, a place where they should not be. And a few words somehow can kill the fire. We, we should not do that. We should respect people. But we are all ministries. We are all priests. And I pray for her and she got set free and, and the fire started to come again. And I met that again and again. So later I was together with the pastor from the church and I was together with one of the big leaders from the Pentecostal movement in, in the whole of Poland. And we were sitting in our cafe and I looked at them and said, you have a problem here. You don't, you don't make disciples. Why don't you let anybody baptize, for example? Why don't you let the new people baptize? And the priest, a good friend, I respect him as a friend, but not his view of things. He said to me, yeah, Torben, but they have not done that before. And I said, no. And they're never going to do it if you don't let them do it. Yeah, but, but, but we don't have strong people. We have a lot of people who have a lot of mistakes and, and they're not ready for that. And I'm like, they're never going to get ready if you don't train them, if you don't equip them. Let them learn by doing. Let them grow by doing. And then he said something that was so much shocking. And, and that somehow showed how much you can have your glasses on. Because he said to me, Torben, who was it who baptized Jesus? It was not a woman. It was not anyone. It was John the Baptist. It was a prophet. And Jesus waited 30 years to get baptized. So we should not baptize people immediately. And he said that. And I was like, shocked, to be honest. How, how can a man with a big church who's many ways very smart, who have read the Bible many years, say something as this. You cannot use Jesus' example, waiting 13 years to get baptized today and say that people should not baptize immediately. At the same time, you cannot use John's example. It was special. And also, the Bible says that the least in the kingdom is greater than John. But here you just see somehow this mindset have crept into the church. And this man at the same time, he is burned out. He is so frustrated. And he's so like, why do people not grow? Why do nothing happen in this church? Why is I burned out? Why is it so hard to be pastor? And if you ask people in the church, do you want to do what he's doing? No, no, I don't want to start church because this is so hard for him. It's hard because we are building on a wrong foundation. It's hard because the focus is wrong. Yes, there is leaders in the church. And yes, there is 
something called pastors. But it's a function, it's not a position. A pastor is a function, not a position. A evangelist is not a position. A prophet is not a position, it's a function. A function in the church. Not over people, but beside people. To serve people. Everybody can do ministry. So Jesus went against most of this. The Holy Spirit, when you got saved, you received the Holy Spirit. You don't have to run to one meeting to another. If you want to grow and, and, and be filled. The Bible said in Ephesians 5 that you have to be filled by the Spirit. But you don't get filled by the Spirit by going to all the meetings and getting the hands. You get filled by giving. Give and you shall receive. You have received it for nothing, give it for nothing. When you start to pray, when you start to give the Holy Spirit, then the life is going to come. Yeah! Then you are going to get excited. For example, here in Denmark, we have like Bible camps and, and people in every big church have their own Bible camp where people come and listen to meeting, uh, meeting week, a whole week, conference, meeting, meeting, meeting. And I, of course, a lot of good things happen. And I've seen people come there and and write on Facebook afterwards, Oh, amazing weeks. It has been so fantastic. But we have our own conference also. We go to a non-Christian music camp with 10,000 young people who don't know Jesus, who's drinking and, sh- and cursing and don't know anything about God. We go there. With new people, old people, people who love Jesus, and we tell about Jesus. And each person who has been with us is going home. This has just been so fantastic. Right on Facebook, the best week in my life. I have got changed. I have got filled out. Whoa. And you see the exciting people. And the exciting is that every time. And to be honest, I have not seen so many people go from a meeting being the same exciting. But I've seen people every time when you give, when you serve, then you get exciting. And this is what we are called to. And when you change your mindset, this is what you're going to experience. The last thing, worship meeting. Worship service is when you bring yourself to God as a living sacrifice and become Jesus' hands and feet. And this is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So worship meeting is also something you can do there, yes. But worship meeting is not only this. Worship to serve God is when you bring yourself. When you go out. You are, you are the same church when you are together with people sitting and talking about people on the coffee table. You are church when you go on the streets and evangelize and talk with people about God. This is somehow worship. This is a service to God. Can you see it? So I just want to end, end this up. Religion, our system is saying that church is a special place where you do special things. Priest is again special people who do special things there, who have an education to it, who is ordained. And somehow they can baptize, they can do communion, and they stand between us and God. And worship meeting has to be a Sunday in a special place, where you have to do special things. Because when you don't do those things, you cannot call it a worship meeting. And the Holy Spirit is, the anointing is only for a few select people. That mindset 
I had in many years. And because I had that mindset, my life was totally different from what I read in the book of Acts and what it is now. But now, because I understand that I am the church, I understand I'm the temple, I have the Holy Spirit inside of me, the anointing, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living inside of me. I don't need to focus on giving, get a lot of gift. I have it already in Jesus Christ. I am the priest. I am called. I can baptize. It was not so long time ago I was in Germany and many people got saved and baptized. And not so many days ago a priest from Germany wrote a letter to me. Torben, who have given you the authority to baptize those people? And he was against me because it didn't happen in a church. And they didn't become member to a church there. No. They became member to the body of Christ. And who have given me the authority? Jesus. He have given me the authority because Jesus have called me. The same way as he have called you. I am the priest. I am the church. The Holy Spirit. I have it. Worship meeting is part of life. Something you do. Everyday life. What I want you to do like the next week until I continue uh, the next teaching. While you read the book of Acts, try to take those truths here and try to say it. Try to brainwash yourself. Say, I am God's temple. I am the church. Say it to you. Say it to you when you are down shopping, standing in a shopping mall, standing in the line. I am the church. I'm the priest. I'm I'm priest. Those people here. I'm the priest. I'm the church. I'm called to those people. And to to worship, to do do worship meeting some service somehow, is is to bring myself also like a living offer, sacrifice to God. So when I become Jesus' hands and Jesus' feet, I somehow worship him. I honor him. Say that. And and understand that you have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. This is what I want to share this time. If you take those simple truths, I am the church. I'm the temple. The Holy Spirit is in me. I am a priest. I'm, I'm ordained by God. I'm called by God. I don't have to wait. I also have the Holy Spirit inside of me. The anointing. I don't have to go from meeting to meeting to receive something new. I have it already. And Jesus has already commanded me and tell me what to do. So I read, go out, pray for sick, lay the hands on sick, they're going to get healed. Because I'm the priest, because I'm the church. Because I worship God by giving my body to Him. I do that. And then you will see amazing things. Okay, I hope you understand that. And I look forward to continue next time where I'm going to share other things. I, I don't know, I see how God is going to, what God, what way God is going to take it. I just take one lesson at a time. 
and 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 I believe that this is going to be a beginning of something new. And again, as I told last time, if you have questions and want to go deeper, the last reformation, my book, and and what I've seen is like many order that book and then they give it out to many people. Like I have just one in Holland who ordered uh, five books and then he ordered five more because he want other people to read it. Because it do something inside of people. Because there is a longing. There is a longing to get free. There is a longing to experience the fire again. A longing to get used by God. And you who are priests in the church. And somehow are a little afraid now. And think hey I'm ordained. I'm priest. What is happening here? I just want to say to you that freedom. Relax. I have been working as a priest. I was priest in the traditional way. And, and I was not happy. Because people was not growing. And I, I was fighting and striving, trying to do everything. But I saw that this mindset, when I changed this, I was so much more fruitful than I have ever been before. And I didn't lose people. I didn't own people, so I cannot lose them. <laughs> but I didn't lose people because when they saw that I want to set them free and equip them, they somehow respect me. Not because they were member, not because I owned them, but because of love, because of respect. So I want to say to you who are priests, who are leader in the church, this is going to set you free. This is going to set your church free, this teaching. So again, I'm not against the church. This is not against the church. This is freedom. And I know like many past, I just heard some statistics. It's like 80% is fighting with 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 the stress in the churches today. So many people stop before time, pastors, leaders, because they're stressed. And it goes over family and it goes against the family and kids because they're working all the time and they're doing all the things. And somehow it's an unfaithful job to be a priest inside the old way. But Jesus didn't come with an unfaithful job. He's called leaders. But we have to do it the right way so we are bearing fruits and so we are experiencing freedom ourselves. But to continue that next week. God bless you. Bye bye.